Welcome to the Make My Day podcast. This is Daniel Ufelder. I'm a father, husband, a lawyer, and budding activist. And today we've got Fred Guttenberg with us. Thank you so much for joining us, Fred. Thank you for having me. Well, Fred, I know you are, and a lot of people all over the country know who you are, um, but we have listeners all over the world. So um, how, how do people best know who you are? You know, uh, people know me as an activist now. Um, my life changed February 14th, 2018, when my daughter was shot and killed in school. Uh, you know, I was just talking to my wife and son this morning about how we're kind of going to, you know, three years ago was the last Thanksgiving we had with my daughter. Um, and we were talking about that this morning, just how unbelievable it is that this is, time is just moving forward like this. But because of what happened to her, um, I've changed who I am as a person. I've changed my life. I'm still a father of two kids, but as a parent, we always react to what happens to our children, yeah. and I can't stop reacting to what happened to my children. My son was there too, right. and I am on this mission to change the politics in this country so that we can pass gun safety, but so that we can also go back to a place where we treat each other with decency and civility, because for me, that's part of public safety. Right, that's, that's great. Well, um, and now we're gonna talk a little bit about the election we, um, in Florida. You know, obviously we're both, I'm sure, very happy about President-elect Biden is uh, getting elected and yep. not with all this craziness, he will be there soon, but Florida uh, was a disaster. It's been called different things in terms of Democrats. We lost several, legislative seats we lost two congressional seats uh and so what what do you think you know in your opinion what went wrong in florida yeah listen we we lost the presidential right um uh, we lost two amazing representatives uh you know congresswoman debbie Merkel powell's become a dear friend of mine and god she just was doing a great job in dc um what went wrong in Florida? Um, you know, my friend Nikki Freed showed us Florida is winnable right. on a statewide level. And I think Nikki didn't get caught up in fake arguments. And she stayed true to arguing very specifically and very clearly for what she believed in. And that also meant taking lots of tough fights. You know, Nikki ran hard on the issue of gun safety. Um, it didn't hurt her. She won. Right. So what went wrong in Florida? I'll say a couple of things. I think, A, um, people undervalued what was happening in Miami-Dade. Um, there right. were some issues going on there, um, especially in this sort of uh, echo chamber of the um, social media platforms that aren't necessarily found on uh, Twitter or Facebook, but, but they were, their voices were being amplified. And it was creating some noise that was finding appeal to voters there. Uh, I also think there wasn't enough effort put in by the Democrats to counteract that um, or to engage those voters and say, we want your vote and here's why we think 
you should vote this way. Right. Um, that's part of what went wrong in Florida. But it wasn't just a loss in Miami-Dade. Right. Other parts of the state didn't perform well either. And I, I think uh, th there really needs to be a reckoning. I, I think you're seeing in Georgia yeah. how running on true democratic values and, and, and being prepared to fight for them and, and, and fight, you know, and, and going out there for the votes can be a winning strategy. And I'm not sure the party did what they needed to do. I think they thought they had this one in the bag. Right. And that's one of the, and you talk about the, the fight and I guess, I think you can fight fair and still win. So you, how, how but do you we, have to fight? You have, you to, have fight. to be prepared to say, this is what I stand for. Here's why, here's what it means to you. Okay. And not get caught up in fake arguments that others create, right. you know, for example, the socialism thing. I mean, what a bunch of crap, but it resonated because there was a bit of a vacuum out there in terms of what people actually did believe in. Right. Cause yeah, it is social. I mean, if you know, Marco Rubio, I think he sneezes when he says socialism. I mean, it just comes out every time he has a chance to say or it's socialism. And he, he's from South Florida and he, he knows those trigger words. And how do, how, cause how do we, how do, what do you think the Democrats can do in Florida and nationally? Cause Florida is kind of a bellwether state yeah. to fight these, these code words that really result in losing elections. I mean, well, you know what? They have to be a, um, prepared to say, don't misrepresent me. Don't misrepresent who I am and what I stand for. Here it is, okay? Do not put those labels on me um, and to fight back. You know, Marco, Marco's a piece of work, okay? He's a pathetic excuse for a senator. Um, and the first thing the Democrats need to do to show they've learned the lessons of this election is to defeat him. And we're going to get our chance at that. So we need the right candidate who's ready to take Marco and his nonsense on. Um, and, you know, but Debbie Mercosul Powell, just as an example, the idea that they were able to put those labels on her, somebody who has fought for true democratic values, who has fought for the safety of her constituents, who has fought, I've watched it, I've been in DC, who has fought to do things for her constituents that um, if she was able to get her message out would have been a winning message, but instead she got drowned out by this noise. And there definitely probably was a need for national help and national money um, from the party to deal with some of this, um, but but it got kind of ignored. Right. Um, people were yelling and screaming about it on a local level, but it got ignored. What do you think went right uh, during the election in Florida? My good friend Ted Deutsch won, okay. um, and and and, and uh, you know uh, uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz won, and a bunch of other really great people on the House side won. Um, 
But I, I, on a statewide level, we perform badly. And I think we have to be honest about it. Um, I, don't wa- I'm not, I don't want to sugarcoat it. Right. We, have, we have a governor who should have made it, who with his actions, his behavior, and what he has done, it should have been impossible for a Republican to win in the state of Florida. Right. Okay, but it wasn't. And, and I can't sugarcoat it. <clears throat> um, statewide, we, we did not perform well, and we need to fix that. So in the results of this election, what, what, do, what impact do the results have on your activism? My activism has seen me going state to state, city to city, working on getting common sense gun safety legislation passed. And that has been a successful strategy. However, in order to truly deal with it, you need to get it done at a national level. We now have a president who's gonna do that. We now have a president who is prepared through whatever actions, be it legislation, executive, or who he puts to head departments to make gun safety a core focus of what his administration will be doing. Um, So my activism, which was really very much a political activism in terms of wanting to get different people elected, um, now that they're there, we need to make sure the work gets done. Right. What can people do um, to go from, you know, a concerned citizen to, to an activist? Make sure you always vote. That's, that's number one. I, I think we Americans have done a terrible job of voting because too many of us have not voted. And that's true in Florida as well. Too right. many of us have just not voted. We complain, we talk about what we don't like, but we don't vote. We think our vote doesn't matter, it doesn't count. Well, our vote does matter, our vote does count, and our vote is what needs to happen if we wanna change things going forward. So that's number one. Number two, use your voice. Don't be afraid to get out there and say it on social media or write an op-ed for a newspaper or a magazine. Don't be afraid to go to the local meetings where your congressman may show up or your senator may show up or local political leaders may show up. Use your voice. And if there's an issue that is really important to you, get involved with groups that support that issue. If If an election is really important to you, get involved with the party or a candidate's team to help support them. But if you want to be an activist and you want to know that your effort is going to have an impact, you got to put yourself out there and do those things. So what, and what are, what are your plans? I mean, for just, do you have anything specific you're doing more than you, you know, have been normally do or anything on the horizon that we should. So leading up to November 3rd, you know, I, I write in my book about how um, I don't really have a long-term view of life anymore. Ever right. since my daughter was killed, <clears throat> I'm very much a day-to-day kind of guy. My vision prior to the election only took me up to November 3rd. I didn't really have the plan for beyond that. It was about success on November 3rd, and we did that. My work now involves finishing that job. Finishing that job means flipping the Senate. So I am deeply engaged doing whatever I can in Georgia, 
Um, because in my eyes, Mitch McConnell is even worse than Donald Trump. Because Mitch McConnell knows what, what he's doing and why he's doing it. Right. And Donald Trump is just his vessel. Uh, so we need to get rid of Mitch McConnell. Beyond that, I will be engaged with this administration somehow on gun safety. Um, I'm not going away. Um, I, 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 I've come this far. We've gone further with this than we've ever, ever done before. And I plan on being a very involved part of what will happen going forward on this issue. And something, I mean, I've, in our podcast, we've interviewed a lot of very amazing people. And um, with what you've been through, it was so horrific and tragic. And, you know, I just, I have a young daughter, she's turning, she's nine and, you know, I, I, and, and, but is obviously that spurred you to do so much, but is what I'm also curious about when I talk to people is, cause it is hard to stand up and do things. I mean, you get attacked, I get it. it so is there something that as you, as you were raised a certain way, cause my parents were really influential to me. I mean, is there something in your background that made you be somebody that's willing to go out? I mean, I know what happened with your, what happened is so tragic, but is there something that, that growing up that made you something to do these types of things? You know, listen, I, I've always been, I guess, in my own little world, a fighter, relentless in terms of the way I manage my business or when I was employed by others or the way I protect my family. Right. But it was always close to the vest. Um, but I come from a family that's always been deeply engaged and concerned about the world around us. Um, I am that guy who's always watching the news and screaming at the television. Right. Um, you know, but what really changed for me is my brother, who dedicated his life to the well-being of others, lost his life because of that dedication. My brother was the guy running into buildings when others were running out. Right. And my daughter, who's to this day going to always be the toughest person I will ever know, the way at the age of 14 she used to stand up for other kids right. and protect kids from bullies, um, knowing what she went through in her final minute of life, right. running down a hallway, knowing there was an active shooter on her back, running for her life and making it to within one second, she was turning into a stairwell. One more second, she'd be safe. Um, as long as they're standing on my shoulders, right. I'm a different person. You know, um, my worldview blew up when my daughter died because all of a sudden I entered this world of people who have been affected by gun violence. And when my daughter died, I lost this capacity for um, anxiety, for fear, for worry about the way people might think of me. Because my daughter, right. the fear and anxiety she had is worse than anything I'll ever experience. Yeah. And so it changed me. And I will never now stop fighting to do something about what happened to her. I, I, I live with guilt that I didn't have my voice in this right. before it was my kid. 
Um, because maybe if my voice were in this before it was her, I could have caused change to happen long ago when it was happening to other people's kids and my daughter would be alive today. But I didn't do that back then, but I am not gonna stop doing it now. Is there anything you could say to, that to get people who are afraid to do it? Because it is fearful. Yeah. It is fearful. L listen, you're right. There are sides to what to do about this problem. Yeah. Where there are insides is what bullets do. Bullets right. don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. Right. It's a right. nonpartisan problem, okay? It affects all of us. It can, uh, Republicans get shot too. So this is a nonpartisan issue, a nonpartisan problem. The response, unfortunately, had become partisan, very much driven by business interests and money. And, you know, I, I say often, the politics of COVID and the politics of gun safety are the same thing. Because COVID is a nonpartisan problem as well. It, 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 I mean, Rick Scott today diagnosed with COVID. It's a nonpartisan problem. But True. the response is partisan. And right. that's the part that we need to always be aware of. And we need to be prepared to defeat the point of view of those who refuse to acknowledge that this is an American problem and we right. need to fix it. Well, great. Well, anything else you want? I mean, we need inspiration for people out there to, to, to do the right, you know, the little things, voting. But it really is important, particularly now, President Biden is elected, but they are playing games and we need the Senate. We need, it's just, you can't, it's not, you feel like you want to give, say, hey, we have time to celebrate, but they're so relentless. Here, so here's my advice to people. President Biden is elected. He will be the next president of the United States. And you're right. They are playing games. The Republican, let me rephrase that. The current occupant of the White House is doing actually exactly what I expect him to do. Yeah, this right. is who he is. Right. Nobody should be surprised by what he's doing. However, those who are enabling him, we should be surprised by, we should be horrified by, and we should be holding them accountable. We should never, ever, ever say the name of the person who is currently in the, the occupant of the White House ever again. His name is irrelevant. It will be a stain on history. Every time we talk about what's happening, though, we ought to be talking about McConnell. Sure. We ought to be talking about the Senate. If we want to deal with what's happening in America today, that's where the cancer still sits, and right. that's where we need to go. Okay, well, so the Senate is where it is, and that's, that's I agree with you full-heartedly. We need to get it flipped, and we've got two senators here in Florida that are a big part of the problem, as we know. So They are, 100%. Well, good. Well, thank you so much. I know we, we could talk forever, because uh, <laughs> I, uh, I think we're both very agreeing a lot, and we're both very passionate, and um, I, I appreciate your time. Thank you.